calling comes and you know that you want to stay. Close the blinds, let's pretend that the time has changed. Keep our clothes on the floor, open up champagne. Let's continue tonight, come on, celebrate. That's how we do it. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim DeWire. And another sort of busy week in the news, all kinds of very interesting events, tragic events, pr- more primaries, bloody bloody. One of the more interesting revelations this week is uh, there's a Marine base in northern Iraq that's now been confirmed by the Pentagon. <laughs> Uh, ISIL is slowly but surely getting strangled. Uh, They lost Palmyra yesterday, thanks to Russian air power and Syrian ground forces. And I think that these Brussels attacks, as tragic as they were and scary and all that, that's an attack on NATO. (laughs) That may, uh, they may regret this one. And obviously this was police work. They were about, this was an act of desperation. So you'll hear the perspective that this was an enormous intelligence failure. And obviously there's some aspects of it that remain unexplained and troubling. But on the other hand, it sounds to me like the uh, so-called triggering event, pardon the expression, was the arrest of the other fellow. Uh, involved in the Paris attacks. So this right. was an act of desperation. This uh, terrorist attack in Pakistan yesterday on Easter Sunday. Uh, ridiculous. Well, a reminder, too, that uh, although there have been a few uh, bomb attacks, terror attacks in Pakistan, this is clearly the biggest one in quite a while and happening on a religious holiday. Uh, it's a reminder that this swath of the Middle East so uh, aptly rebuilt by the W campaigns of uh, wisdom, wit, and uh, insanity, uh, that this is still an ongoing thing. We've got from the Levant, 
Syria, all the way over east uh, to Pakistan and into India. And, you know, seeing the, the front page of the New York Times, uh, Syrian army recaptures ancient city, the castle walls of Pilmyra. It's uh, it's a blast from the past, back to the golden oldies in the 13th century when yeah. the Crusaders first established some of these castles uh, in the 1200s in their campaign to remake the Middle East. Well, if uh, if the Americans get to Palmyra, uh, I, I think it would be only fitting that they play a rousing rendition of Elvira. <laughs> Maybe Tex can uh, throw that on oh, for some. <laughs> well, you know, the biggest winner, obviously, I mean, it's too late for the people who lived in Palmyra. Sure. I mean, their lives are ruined. Uh, those who stayed behind faced uh, terrible hardship, uh, public hangings and so forth under ISIL's uh, tenure there. Uh, plenty of people have left. Uh, the real winner here is the uh, Assad regime, who now have something you know positive that they're actually getting some international acclaim for. Um, and the um, experts uh, who attempt to preserve the earliest exemplars of human culture. Uh, let's face it, one of ISIL's great crimes besides making beheadings uh, YouTube sensations uh, is their destruction of antiquities. Sure. And so uh, there are a couple of uh, important historical sites that uh, are associated with Palmyra. Uh, we'll find out in the next couple of days uh, how badly trashed some of them are. But uh, this is a bizarre element of their uh, ignorant attempt to, uh, you know, they, they want to link themselves to the idea of a caliphate. And, of course, that idea is somewhat uh, over-exaggerated here in the West, their capacity to do so. But the caliphates were noted for their creation of culture. Uh, right. They were centers of learning often. Uh, this is just ignorance to uh, smash, trash, and destroy. It may as well be a bunch of frat boys uh, going to a ski lodge in northern Michigan. Well, and that's what's so dangerous about uh, the rhetoric of Ted Cruz and, and, and Donald Trump and reference to these events you know of course the brussels attack uh, occurred while uh, obama was in cuba mm. and there were immediate calls for him to quote come back to washington to deal with the Br brussels crisis what the europeans aren't adults and can't handle this uh the police were obviously moving in on these clowns and these morons uh in uh, belgium that's quite clear and of course the disproportionate coverage uh, is very interesting. You have, in today's New York Times, you have a a headline, but not a blaring headline, about the uh, uh, attack in Pakistan. Owen Bennett, Bennett Jones, who uh, appears on the BBC as a sort of a news uh, host late at night, had an article in the uh, London Review of Books on the 3rd of March uh, entitled The Military and the Mullahs, Subtitle, Owen Bennett Jones on Army Rule in Egypt and Pakistan. Of course, those are our, our second and third recipients of foreign aid. That's correct. After Israel. But I wanted to mention on the Pakistan issue, just factually, this is, the, this is uh, an interesting uh, uh, sentence or two. He says, brutal army offensives in the tribal areas, and I think this can be expected in response to this event in Lahore, Pakistan, 
uh, backed by the U.S. drone campaigns mean that uh, for most Pakistanis, the country is safer today than it has been in some years. In 2009, there were 91 suicide attacks in which 1,121 people were killed. In 2015, there were 22 suicide attacks, which killed 157. Those are some of the empirical numbers that show uh, that the Pakistani military has made some progress uh, on the suicide bomber phenomenon. But uh, these are very, very difficult uh, crimes and uh, acts to prevent. Well, there's another headline. And patrolling Muslim neighborhoods, to quote Ted Cruz, what is that all about? I mean, is this guy uh, clueless or what? There's another story on today's front page. (laughs) Uh, We'll give him a brain damage award. Sure, and we're not done with him yet, so we have yet another. But uh, uh, by Matt Apuzo, another front page article in today's Times, no clear signs on who might be radicalized. And this is about uh, American... Teens, usually, uh, young people, sure. college age perhaps, in some cases, who uh, via the internet or some, you know, friend of a friend uh, become radicalized, some of whom try to actually go to places like Syria and fight for ISIL. Uh, and the article, you know, sort of spins its wheels a little bit saying, well, it's just a series of shrugs. No one really knows. Uh, but I think they need to broaden the scope if they're going to study what makes people become interested in joining ISIL, radical Islam. Uh, what about Timothy McVeigh, a homegrown radicalized individual who did a horrible crime, sure. a, a bombing? Uh, what about the uh, guy who shot up the black church? What about any of America's multiple shooters? Isn't this really the same kind of phenomena at the end of the day? Well, it is, and I think that one, uh, obviously Europe has its own uh, unique problems because of the open borders, this migration uh, thing that's going on and the whole chaos that uh, Europe, there seems to be a kind of, there's chaos at at a kind of a low level, but Europe seems to be more in the debate, endless debate stage rather than let's uh, take some action here. Uh, so so there's more of this uh, let's close down the borders concept. Obviously, you have uh, intelligence uh, glitches that, that seem to have occurred here, and it's kind of difficult to know at times who is telling the truth about what. But uh, just to mention Turkey very quickly, there have been a number of heinous suicide attacks in uh, major Turkish cities over the last six weeks. And one would think that Turkey, uh, in particular, as a member of NATO, might be kind of interested in looking at the situation in northern Syria rather than the Iraq situation. Because, uh, by the way, there's another story out just last week that the Iraqi military has taken retakes, is the headline, and ISIS-held villages outside occupied city of Mosul. So there's going to be an impending offensive in Mosul uh, quite soon by the Iraqi uh, army. And this, of course, is in connection with the fact that just last week the Pentagon confirmed that there is a marine base in northern Iraq uh, in response to the fact that the Department of Defense have now identified 12 American service members who have died supporting the operation to eliminate the Islamic State. 
So when you hear Ted Cruz and Donald Trump saying that Obama's doing nothing, I'm not too sure what planet they're on. Uh, the so-called finance minister of ISIL was uh, <clears throat> taken out last week in a drone attack. Now, does ISIL have a, quote, finance minister? Of course not. He's, a, he's in charge of money laundering. And uh, the Pentagon and Secretary of Defense went out, had a news conference, and said, look, we've, uh, we've nailed a bunch of their banks. Their banks were blown up. The cash is uh, gone. It's up in the air. So uh, I would suggest that ISIL is in much worse shape than either the American media or the Republican candidates for president are portraying uh, in this campaign. And this continuing nonsense about the terrorist threat here in America, while it exists, is uh, um, not uh, not as uh, alarming as one might think. Well, as we've noted many times, that we pose a much greater threat from the random gun violence that is so prevalent in our country. I mean, ISIS will continue to be a useful prop, no doubt, as a rhetorical device, uh, regardless, but... Uh, well, and the propaganda is what is troubling. It's interesting that in the April Harper's Index, uh, the portion of Americans who worry that a family member will be a victim of terrorism, one in two. Number of people killed by political or religious extremists in the United States since 9-11, 93. Percentage of these deaths attributable to right-wing, far-right-wing political extremism, 52. Uh, that's not to minimize these deaths, but the point is that's a, that's kind of a bad weekend in Chicago and L.A. with the gun violence. Right. So when you hear that you're 5,000 times more likely to be killed by uh, gun violence in America from uh, the, the, the morons and fools that have guns and pistols and, let's face it, they're sissies. They're sissies. <laughs> Uh, there's even talk of uh, the Republican convention, possibly people packing weapons in that uh, building. Well, that is, that's an interesting prospect. I mean, of course, a lot of the open carry advocates are, you know, going to be on that side of the political spectrum, and I could see no group of people more willing to police themselves in the name of security, and possibly shoot each other in the bargain now what what color is the hat on that guy from texas <laughs> is it white or black i think i think if it's a white hat he's a good guy uh, yeah rootin tootins yosemite sam uh shoot yourself in the foot <laughs> i you know it just strikes me that there are some places where uh having a guns and a Rowdy, uh, raucous, uh, perhaps very divisive Republican convention would not be a good place for guns. <laughs> but the Rules Committee is probably studying the matter as we speak. Right. Uh, <laughs> no matter how big one's hands are, all you need is a trigger. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. But, but my trigger's bigger. It is. And Donald Trump has been seen campaigning lately with a Stanley tape measure. <laughs> In a side holster. In a side holster next to probably that gold-plated. What kind of a gun would Trump... Oh, I'm sure it'd be a Colt 45. <laughs> Who knows? 
Uh, very interesting to see Obama, of course, making a trip to Cuba and Argentina. Uh, quite a bit more coverage of the Cuban story than the Argentinian story. Uh, no surprise there, but the Argentinian dirty war story is a tad embarrassing to American uh, bastions of the Republican Party, Henry Kissinger and Ronald Reagan, and uh, are glad that the media didn't focus too much on the so-called dirty war in Argentina. Because let's remember that Jimmy Carter cut off aid to Argentina uh, after the, uh, <clears throat> well, shall we say, not inspired by Henry Kissinger, but certainly uh, a wink and a nod <laughs> involving Henry Kissinger, who at the time, of course, was foreign policy advisor to Gerald Ford. Um, Ronald Reagan restoring aid to the mil military junta in Argentina during the 1980s. Uh, Argentina used to train the Contras, the uh, moral equivalent of the founding fathers. Wasn't that, that is that's uh, that's right. His, uh, his eloquence regarding the master of communication. That was the catchphrase. And, of course, uh, ignored in all of the uh, chit-chat and hysteria about immigration in the United States, one wonders why there's so little focus on the dirty wars in Central America during the 1980s in which the Reagan administration supported the Contras in Nicaragua. Funny how the Nicaraguans are not clamoring to get into the United States, but interestingly, in Guatemala... And Rio El Salvador, Mon. El Salvador, the, uh, a, a a civil war with um, with Duarte as our man uh, in El Salvador, and of course, uh, who can forget Suazo in Honduras? El Salvador and Honduras are beleaguered with uh, endemic uh, violence to this day, and it's this sort of uh, lack of scrutiny about the immigration problem that is completely missing. From the immigration debate, let's remember that one-seventh of El Salvador fled that country into the United States during the 1980s, when our borders were a little more porous. And, of course, the immigration uh, debate uh, was front and center in the state of Arizona and their primary. Uh, let's give out a brain damage award to the Arizona officials that ran one of the most incompetent primary uh, campaigns of all time. What on earth? These are states that are growing in population, and they're reducing the number of polling stations to save money. Do I sense that Rick Snyder's emergency manager <laughs> might be in the neighborhood somewhere? Just about to say, I smell an emergency manager. How on earth can a, uh, a, a state that has grown since 2000 by almost 30%, this is the population of Arizona, um, it, it's rapidly growing. And these enormous lines in, in, uh, in, in Phoenix, in particular, uh, are an example of what is wrong with this country focusing on irrelevant problems like voter fraud, which has ever, hardly ever been documented, and the fact that these long lines in states where Republicans seem to run the elections, because these are local officials mm -hmm. there, uh, it's outrageous uh, to uh, ask people to stand in line for five hours. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, it's unacceptable. And this is precisely 
one of the issues uh, that the Supreme Court conveniently uh, <clears throat> threw under uh, the bus of Antonin Scalia. I don't know who was driving that bus, Clarence Thomas or Scalia, but that was another heinous 5-4 decision that tossed out the Voting Rights Act that would have prevented this from happening uh, numerous years ago because Arizona, oddly enough, was included on many of the states where uh, the Voting Rights Act's violations were historical and that it was quite clear that Hispanic voters uh, were disenfranchised uh, yet again. Surprise, surprise. And, of course, uh, Donald Trump, winner take all. He got all the delegates. Ted Cruz won Utah. Big surprise there. Uh, Donald Trump uh, did not get married on the eve of the Utah primary. <laughs> Bigamy might have been a, an asset in that race. I don't know. Well, perhaps those rumored affairs helped Ted Cruz in Utah. But, yeah, the mudslinging between Cruz and uh, uh, Trump and their wives and pictures of wives and National Enquirer stories now have emerged. <laughs> It's getting really ugly out there. And there's so many months to go. Yes. I mean, honestly, it's getting wearisome, quite frankly. Well, I... I'm sure there's a few laughs down the line, too, but also a couple of real head shakers. But, of course, uh, it's interesting that Cruz, because he took more than 50% of the vote in uh, Utah, got all the delegates there. Um Hillary Clinton obviously clobbered Bernie in Arizona, but he made a little bit of a comeback this weekend in the caucuses uh, in uh, Hawaii, Alaska, and Washington State. I'd like to just point out, however, that uh, caucuses in Iowa, I mean in Hawaii and Alaska, those two states combined have less people than the state of Mississippi. So Bernie basically negated his clobbering that he took in Mississippi in a primary a couple of weeks ago. And I still maintain that primaries and caucuses have to be evaluated separately when analyzing upcoming elections. Now, Wisconsin next week will be fascinating. It's an open primary. Wisconsin has a lot of similarities to Michigan, a much smaller state, uh, but a significant industrial state with uh, very interesting historical, uh, uh, very his interesting historical role in American politics home of the progressive movement, Bob mm -hmm. LaFollette and all that. And it, th this is supposed to be a very, very close election in both uh, sides. Both both parties are, it's up for grabs. And don't believe the polls. Uh, Bernie may pull out a, a, a win in Wisconsin, but it'll probably be a narrow win for whoever wins that state on the Democratic side. And John Kasich is moving way up in the polls. This stopping Trump movement seems to be gaining some steam and hold the presses. Following Donald Trump's defeat in Utah, Jeb Bush stuck his neck out on the line and endorsed Ted Cruz. And I'm like, wow, ain't it a little bit late for that, dude? Oh, boy. What? Was he, did he want some attention for a day? I, I don't even get, I don't see the point of it. Yeah, that moment had passed. <laughs> Wait a minute. The Republican uh, states that remain are, are so few and far between because they have had a lot more contests than the Democrats. Maybe maybe UW should come out for, for Cruz. And why Cruz? How does... I, I, th this continues to mystify me. 
Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a endorsing John Kasich, but John Kasich is a mainstream, reasonable Republican who has denounced Trump from the beginning. Well, in the context of the the others that he's running with, <laughs> uh, in this sense, against. In that context, he seems the, the the logical, sane choice. I mean, he's rational, but but also in this context, he appears to be less of a hatchet man than than he is. Because let's face it, as a governor, he's he's caught a lot of things, and so he's he's acts happy. But uh, well, the also uh, the fact that Michigan voters, when asked exiting the polls. Um, uh, which would you prefer to see win the Republican nomination at the convention? Uh, even though Trump won, Kasich won that poll. Yeah. Who would you rather see as the candidate? Well, it's puzzling be, just simply because there are some some states coming up in the Republican primary. I don't get me wrong. I don't think Kasich is going to quote win New York. And Pennsylvania, by the way, has some very strange delegate rules on the Republican side that make absolutely no sense to me. Uh, but one would think that uh, Kasich would perform well in uh, some upcoming states like Maryland, Connecticut, Wisconsin. Um, if you want the, quote, brokered convention, um, why on earth would you put your money on Ted Cruz? I don't get it. He's he's a disaster waiting to, to happen for Unloved the Republican Party, and he's... Strangely, uh, you know, I mean, we know where he stands on issues. He's he doesn't hide his cards very well. Um, I don't think he hides his stupidity very well either. But um, Ted Cruz is fighting for the future of the Republican Party. He wants to be a player no matter what, because he sees Texas as a base for his brand of true conservatism and. You know, it's interesting that in a couple of years, and I will predict this in maybe 10 to 15 years, Texas will be in play in presidential elections because of the nature of the demographics that are changing. Uh This is why Hillary Clinton clobbered Bernie in Texas. Um, It's quite clear that African-American voters are continuing to support Hillary Clinton in very, very high numbers because of the history that Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton having the civil rights movement. This is nothing against Bernie Sanders, but they have genuine bona fides in these communities, and this explains, for instance, why Hillary Clinton would clobber Bernie in Arizona and then get clobbered herself in Washington State, which have come very, very different demographics. So uh, stay tuned for... Uh, the Wisconsin primary, like I say, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a symbolic primary. It's had some big uh, significance in American history in the past. As a primary, Wisconsin tends to have high turnout, but unlike Arizona, um, I, I, you know, leaving aside perhaps some problems in Milwaukee, I think that the uh, uh, Wisconsin uh, election officials will handle their primary much more efficiently. Uh, well, there were very few complaints, by the way, in the state of Michigan regarding that. And no matter what your politics are, you, it is impermissible for election officials to not have enough ballots printed up or enough polling sites for a, a population that that obviously is coming out to vote. 
<laughs> I mean, wake up. And in some cases, in really big numbers. Yeah. As Michigan proved. Definitely like to thank uh, Andrew for engineering once again this evening here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Yazoo City calling will be coming up shortly, a uh, minute or two. Um, the Flint water crisis. Huh. Interesting. Big report. The task force is uh, apportioning blame. And it's fascinating that the um, hearings in Washington a couple of weeks ago tried to pin the blame on the EPA. <laughs> Certainly there were some issues there, but this strikes me as incompetence at the state level and with some local official, officials regarding what was going on, what the facts were, some communication breakdowns, and clearly a boondoggle by Rick Snyder. Right, and... We'll talk about this at greater length as this crisis continues to play out. But the uh, tendency to uh, use this sort of euphemistic phrase, governmental failure, is misleading. And it's an attempt to spin it by the right wing to attack government itself. When really, government's just a superstructure. It's the people who have those jobs within that system who either take their job seriously or refuse to. Yeah. Who are the culpable ones. To just blame government itself is like blaming Accidents on the traffic accidents on the fact that there are traffic lights. Okay, well, we are out of time, and the Michigan DEQ is uh, one of the culprits, no doubt. Good night.